0: A lot of people, when they think about launching a brand, they're talking about PR oftentimes, right? And maybe that's because I live and work in this sort of Silicon Valley bubble where, you know, people still care about being a tech crotch. But, you know, I think for, for eight brands out of 10, you're just not going to get the coverage that merits hiring a PR firm or, or even a you know PR freelancer. And so launch is less of a giant explosion moment and, and much more of a sequence of events that build slowly over time for most brands.
1: This is the CMO and Joe Podcast. We interview today's most inspiring chief marketing officers and savvy marketers
0: of lucrative direct-to-consumer e-commerce companies, bringing you insightful stories and tips on marketing, sales, branding, and much more. We bring you the best
1: lessons from the best. Let's get started with your host, Joe Momo. Welcome to Podcast Seth. Hey Joe, how you doing? good good i'm super excited to have you on the podcast uh you're the founder and principal of lantern growth you're a marketing expert consultant uh consult many awesome companies over the years um and i'm sure you have tons of great insight for the listeners but before we jump into all of that perhaps give us a little backstory of who you are what you're up to yeah well
0: thanks for having me on i uh uh, could talk about marketing all day, but it sounds like uh sounds like we got a, an hour here, so let's uh, let, let's hit some high points. And um, yeah, look, I've been um, in the marketing world for for frankly longer than I'll admit to uh, the listeners. Um, you know, I started as a strategy consultant for a company called Monitor Group uh, out of college, and that was really all about using customer insight to drive marketing strategy. Um, you know, after I went to Kellogg for business school and, and after business school joined one hundred flowers, um, was a chief of staff to the CEO, which is a role that, uh, I highly recommend if that's ever something that you can uh, get your hands on. It was really, you know, front seat to all the important stuff happening at the company. Um, eventually, um, joined the marketing org and became the VP of marketing at one hundred flowers. Um, And, you know, really, uh, really had a great time. there. work was a brilliant folks, uh, brilliant marketers. Um, But, you know, ultimately, um, you know, wanted to get back into uh, the healthcare space, which is where most of our work at Monitor was. Um, And so, you know, left 100 Flowers and joined the startup world and, um, you know, started working f- as head of marketing for uh, different early stage direct to consumer healthcare startups. Um, you know, the first one was Doctor on Demand. We were the first direct consumer telehealth company. We were a you know virtual company, still is a virtual primary care company, um, and that was uh, really an incredible experience. You know, I was the the first business hire you know, sort of the the 18th employee or something like that. Um, and you know, that really just, um, uh, you know, sparked my excitement for getting into really early stage companies, um, and, and kind of helping set the stage for what's hopefully (laughs) years of incredible growth. And of course, as we all know, they don't all work out, but, uh, you know, hopefully more do than don't. Um, and so what I'm doing now is bringing that experience and expertise to a bunch of different uh health and wellness companies at a time so i have my own uh consulting company it's called lantern growth and i work with um almost entirely uh you know early stage venture capital backed uh health and wellness startups um you know helping them uh you go from you know zero or, or fairly close to zero in revenue uh you know all the way through um you know 20, 30, 50 million ARR?
1: Absolutely not. That's that's amazing. Um, As you know, uh, obviously you know, but uh, it seems like more and more people are going online in terms of selling their products. And we have tons of entrepreneurs and even uh, marketers. So, what type of advice would you give somebody wanting to build their brands to the D2C uh, space?
0: Yeah. I mean, you know, to your point, um, you know, every year, uh, you know, e-commerce as a percentage of retail sales has expanded, uh, every year, you know, in the healthcare space specifically, more and more people are, um, you know, moving away from the traditional gatekeepers of care, um, you know, doctors and nurses, et cetera, and, and going out and finding their own solutions, um, now, what we've seen, of course, uh, in the last, uh, six months or so is, um, you know, 10 years of change in six months, right. That, uh, you know, in the U S for example, e-commerce penetration has gone from, it was growing a point or two a year. Um, so it was 16% and 18%. Now it's 33% of retail sales. Um, I haven't seen a similar chart for healthcare, but, um, you know, there's just been an explosion, uh, you know, all of a sudden it's like the consumer have this realization that, Hey, I can see a doctor or a therapist or lots of other kinds of healthcare professionals. Ooh, if I'm having the rest of my life on zoom, why can't I do that uh, for healthcare, uh, with obvious exceptions? Um, so, you know, for companies out there looking to build their brand, uh, in this space, um you know it's it's although there's huge consumer huge and growing consumer demand uh, that doesn't mean it's easy right there's um you know increasing competition every day uh to me it really comes down to the fundamentals right um y- you know it's, it's 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 really two key pieces one is uh you know or well, maybe three one who's the consumer two uh, what problem do they have and three uh, how is your solution uh significantly better than what's out there and and how do you talk about that right i mean i think it's you know marketing strategy 101 um is where uh is where i always start um and i think where where every successful brand that i know
1: uh has started as well absolutely and you mentioned kind of those three three uh, key pieces and I, I know you're very big into or i guess the expert in brand positioning in particular um, but what what would you say is the biggest misconception about um, launching a new brand?
0: Yeah, I guess I would think of maybe two. One on the strategy side, um, you know, I think there'd be a misconception around uh, you know doing the customer research and really doing the work to understand your consumer. Right? There's a quote that uh, is alleged to have been made by Steve Jobs, which, by the way, I don't think he made uh, you know, where, where where he sort of talks about Henry Ford and said, well, if if Henry Ford had done market research, uh, consumers would have told them that they, they, that they wanted faster horses. Um, (laughs) and, and that's sort of used to justify the idea that, you know, if you really want to break through, uh, you can't talk to the consumer because the consumer doesn't know what they want. Um, and you know, my reaction to that is, well, of course the consumer doesn't know what the solution to their problem is. That's your job. But if you don't understand what the consumer thinks their problem is, um, then you're going to go out there and launch a product that nobody wants. Um, so, so I think that's the first misconception. And, and sort of related to that is, uh, you know, I hear a lot of, oh, we'll just, we'll, we'll test it in Facebook, right? We're just going to run a bunch of different Facebook ads and, and we'll see which ones work. Um, you know, and, and at that point, it's too late, right? Uh, if you haven't done some fundamental groundwork, uh, I, clearly, I'm not saying you shouldn't test on Facebook, but if you haven't done the fundamental groundwork to understand what your brand's about uh, and 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 what how you're talking to consumers about how you're solving their problems, uh, then your Facebook ads are, are sort of a wasted spend. Um, I think on a more tactical level, you know, a lot of people when they think about launching a brand, well, they're talking about PR oftentimes, right? Um, and and maybe you know maybe that's because I live. And work in this sort of Silicon Valley bubble where um, you know, people still care about being in Tech Crunch. Uh, and, 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 and there is some merit to that, right? Especially if you're on the, the sort of hamster wheel of, of thinking about your next funding round. Um, but you know, I think for, for eight brands out of ten, um, you're wasting your time and money focusing on PR. Um, clearly there are some exceptions, right? Um a Doctor Demand you know, as as an early stage startup, you know, we just had such a compelling story. Um, It was such a compelling product that it really was a breakthrough. And we got a lot of press, Um, you know, on on the other end of the size spectrum at 100 flowers, uh, you know, we were, we were even 15 years ago, um, you know, the biggest player in the space and people at, you know, Mother's Day and Valentine's Day, people called us and wanted to know what we thought. Um, But for most brands, you know you're you're just not going to get the coverage that merits hiring a PR firm or or even a you know PR freelancer. Um, and so you know launch is less of a you know giant explosion uh, moment and and much more of a sequence of events that build slowly
1: over time
0: for most brands.
1: yeah, I love that. I love that uh, you have to slowly build and kind of, um, yeah, build that fire and have that story and compelling products. Um, but for you personally, Seth, what's kind of been the biggest or even the most successful marketing campaign that uh, you've been a part of? Um, well, so you,
0: you know, marketing campaign itself is, is almost, uh, you know, I, I think in, in the world, uh, in 2020, um, you know, there are traditional campaigns that kind of have a beginning and a, and a middle and an end. Um, but I think for most of us, um, you know, it's what, what, what we're really doing in practice is, um, you know, you're running a whole bunch of uh, different campaigns kind of in parallel. Um, so, uh, you know, the, the most successful traditional campaign, uh, that I ever ran, um, you know, was was probably uh, the the last Valentine's Day campaign at 100 Flowers, um, where you know we really kind of went back to basics from a messaging perspective, uh, and we took uh, you know our marketing spend and moved it out of um, you know channels where we couldn't measure the performance, uh, and moved it into channels that we could measure the performance. Um, we were doing endorsement radio. Which is very similar to podcast advertising today, um, you know. And it turns out that if uh, you know your favorite, you know, that ESPN, which is sort of the, uh, I guess, Barstool is, is the new ESPN, uh, but if the, if the if the if the folks at uh, ESPN or Barstool tell you that they bought flowers from 800 Flowers for their wife or girlfriend, uh, then uh, you're going to do it too. So, I mean, that was, but but this is this is a long time ago. That's a you know traditional campaign. Um, you know, I think the most successful launch that you know I've been a part of in the last uh, few years uh, was Keeps. Um, you know, for for those listeners uh, not familiar uh, with Keeps, um, you know, Keeps is a uh, you know single minded brand uh, founded by um, you know it's it, it's out of Thirty Madison um, which is, which is almost a house of brands for vertical telemedicine companies. Um, and, you know, there, there's certainly no shortage of noise in the, uh, men's, uh, hair care space, right? There's Hims, there's Roman, um, and, you know, there are a lot of brands out there that are, uh, essentially, um, you know, selling a, a, a service that gives you access to generic propicia Um, and so, you know, when, when we launched, um, and, and I should say, you know, the, the, the two founders, uh, Steve Gutentag and, and Dimitri Kargas are you know amazing guys, phenomenal entrepreneurs. Um, you know, and, and I was a, a, a very small piece of the story here, but, um, you know, when we launched, everybody said, well, you know, Hymns and Roman, they already launched, you know, a, a month or two before we did, um, you know, they, they raise so much capital. They're spending so much money, right. You know, went to a giants game, uh, and, uh, you know, hims had taken over the men's room with some very provocative advertising involving, um, uh, involving images of, of cactuses and, uh, and and or cacti, I suppose. And, and I'll leave that there. Um, and you know, how can you guys compete? Um, you know, and, and, and the answer was, uh, well, uh, you know, we, we we had a different approach. Um, you know, we had a much more functional, uh, you, you know, messaging strategy, right? We weren't trying to be everything for guys. We weren't trying to solve every hair care problem. We weren't trying to create a new lifestyle. Um, you know, lots of respect to to brands that are out there trying to, um, you know, uh, and, and succeeding and being everything to their consumer. But you know, we had a much more targeted strategy. Uh, we're simply here to help you keep your hair. Um, and, you know, we were incredibly effective. Um, you know, I, I think the, the secret was a, um, you know, really clear, uh, simple messaging. Um, and B, um, you know, we launched, um, not just on a single, uh, n- not just on Facebook, right. Not just on a single digital channel, but, um, you know, we launched across, uh, digital channels offline channels um and for our target consumer um you know they saw us or heard us you know in a bunch of different places um, and that just really builds credibility but also um you know de-risks uh the endeavor right we, you don't want to be dependent entirely on the facebook algorithm um, so that was uh that was you know in, in the last few years uh most successful sort of campaign or launch that i've
1: been a part of Right. Right. No, that's, that's uh, really interesting um, A couple of points you mentioned. Um, you mentioned at one point that uh, you have to be omnichannel. You have to be online offline so that your customer kind of gets familiar with your brand. And also you build that trust. Um, but I'm, I'm curious if let's say hypothetically you are given, let's say 50% more budget uh, for marketing mm-hmm. or whatever you want to use it for. But what, how, how would you use that extra budget and what type of platforms do you see uh, getting the best ROI for, for that uh, bang for your buck, I guess?
0: Yeah. I mean, look, there, I don't think there's a, a universal, uh, no matter what your brand is, um, you know, these are the top three channels and these channels aren't going to work. Right. I think every, every business, uh, it, it is different, um, you know, if i had 50% more budget you know sort of win the win the budget lottery um you know i guess you scratched off the right thing on the okrs maybe um <laughs> you know i i probably do two things you know i i take you know maybe half of it and and double down on what's working right um i think uh you know at the at the end of the day um your overall sort of blended cac how many customers you bring in uh, in total and versus how much you're spending, um, you know, to, to me, that's the North star metric. Uh, so, you know, you'd want to put a little more gas in the, in the tank of, uh, you know, things that are coming in really efficiently. Uh, and then I'd use the other half, um, you know, for testing that channel, uh, or testing that tactic that you've been wanting to, but you, you were, you were worried about, um, you know, taking the risk. Um, and by the way, you know, when I, when I say, you know, t- testing a new channel or tactic, um, you know, immediately everybody goes to, well, what's the next channel? Uh, but, but I think we should also always be thinking about, well, um, you know, what if I use that same budget on the same channel that's working, you know, maybe it's AdWords, um, but actually test a completely different flow. Let's, let's drive them to you know, a different kind of landing page where we're going to get different information and offer them something different. Um, and you know, maybe the CAC is going to be a lot worse. Um, and so, you know, you're taking some risk, but, um, you know, I think it's important that marketers are not just thinking about the top of the funnel, but are thinking about the entire funnel. Right.
1: And, and that's so important. I think, uh, yeah, that's, that's interesting. Having 50% on uh, doubling down on what's working and then also testing um, maybe some channels you're already using, but maybe a different different flow. Mm-hmm. Uh, speaking of that though, um, obviously we your TikTok and all these new new platforms. Uh, but for, me, for you personally, Seth, what's, what's a platform even trend you're seeing? Um, and maybe that's even exciting to you. Yeah. I mean,
0: I, th- I think Snap is, is an interesting story. Um, you know, Snap is, um, I mean, first of all, the audience is not as young as everybody thinks it is. Uh, but it is fairly young. So depending on who your target is, um, it may or may not be the right fit, but, um, you know, uh, uh 2017, 2018, you know, ran some tests in Snap and, you know, frankly, um, we just didn't see any return. Um, uh, and and it was really sort of a brand advertising platform, um, you know. But, but they have really kind of iterated on the advertising product, um, and you know I, I think there's some really nice opportunities there. You know, if you're trying to reach folks in their 20s. Um, you know, right now I would I would definitely be looking hard at that. Um, you know, I think the 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 big story uh, to me for um, most direct to consumer brands is TV right now. Uh, and when I say TV, I don't just mean linear TV, but, uh, you know, increasingly, you know, streaming TV, connected TV, whatever you want to call it. Um, you know, I think the, um, our ability to measure, um, the impact of TV has really, uh, changed dramatically, even in the last four or five years. Um, and so, you know, at this point, um, you know, I'm, I'm working with brands that are seeing much lower CACs on TV than they are in Facebook, Instagram, um, and you know, the, the cost uh, clearly the cost of, of putting together um, you know a, a acceptable creative for TV is, is higher than than a Facebook ad, um, but you know, frankly, the CPMS can be uh, you know 10 of what you're spending digitally. Uh, you know, maybe even less if you're thinking about the CPM of, of AdWords. Um, and, uh, uh, you know, the ability to, to really tell a story and break through even with 15 seconds, um, in this visual medium is, um, is powerful. Uh, I mean, the, the reality is, uh, when was the last time you watched TV and you weren't holding your phone? Right. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, maybe 1992. So, um, so you know, it's just the perfect way to drive web traffic, um, is, is on a TV, uh, commercial. Um, so, you know, I think, uh, yeah, this, this, this is not, um, you know, I'm certainly not the only one talking about this. Right. I think, um, you know, a, a, any brand with a little bit of, you know, let's say marketing risk capital, um, you know, is looking at TV or should be looking at TV. And, and I work with a lot of brands to help them kind of launch offline.
1: Well, yeah, I would have never uh, guessed TV is uh, is part of the mix uh, in today's day and age, um, obviously, with the increase in digital. But um, what's you you mentioned you've been in the industry for a while, not in the marketing industry. Um, I'm curious to get your perspective on how the industry has changed from when you first started uh, to now.
0: Um, Yeah, it's a great question. I mean, there's, you, you know, there's so much change every every 18 months right um you know to me in in my world I think the the two biggest changes um you know one is is back to this discussion about measurement right um you know one flowers and, and other kind of you know digital marketing pioneers um yeah you know, we were measuring marketing spend effectively um, much much earlier uh, than, than most brands but um, and it was, was hard to do, right. Um, you know, depending on the channel, it was, um, you know, we had to work really hard to understand what was the impact of audio. What was the impact of TV, um, and to integrate that with the impact of our digital channels. Um, you know, I, I think it's much easier now, um, to integrate, um, the impact of all these different channels, uh, on your overall, you know, return on ads, spend or CAC, or however you're measuring it. Um, and, you know, that's made marketing, um, you know, much more of a data-driven field, uh, than it was, uh, you know, when I started my career, uh, not that there weren't data-driven marketers, but today, um, you know, if you're not, if you're not data-driven, um, you know, I think it's, I think it's going to be really hard to ascend to the leadership ranks. Um, yeah, I think that's one and uh, trend. And a related trend is, you know, we've all watched Mad Men, um, right? We we all have this image of Don Draper as the is essentially the ultimate marketer, Um, and you know, creating a brand is just it's so completely different than it was, you know, even ten or fifteen years ago, right? Um, And uh, you can't just take a product that's an okay product um, and just spend a lot of money convincing people that it's better, right? um, you you know, today the products have to be fundamentally better. Um, because, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's that much harder to break through. Um, and, and at the same time, I think from a marketing perspective, uh, you're seeing marketers focus more on, you know, the functional benefits of their products, uh, than they are on uh, the highest level emotional products. I mean, you know, Think about, you know, anybody who took, uh, you know, marketing 101, right. The, probably the first case study was, you know, Coke and Pepsi, right. And, and, you know, Pepsi is the cool brand, the modern brand. Um, and, uh, you know, Coke is Coke makes you happy. Right. But, but fundamentally the products are, I mean, are they really that different? Right. Um, you know, it, one really interesting beverage brand that's launched in the, the last few years is recess, right? Which is a, uh, you know, CBD infused. Um, and, and, and they, their key message is, well, that's going to help you relax. Uh, that's a very functional, uh, benefit. Um, right. They're not telling you that, um, because you drink recess, you're cool. Um, Absolutely. and so, you know, the recess product, which is quite different than what's out there, whether, whether you like it or not, um, you know, and, and and they're spending an incredible amount of money in marketing. You know, I was sitting at the beach uh, in Long Island this weekend, and a, and a plane flew a banner by. Um, right? They're not they're not pulling any punches, but they're
1: delivering a very functional message because uh, that's how you have to break through today. Absolutely, having that functional. How is this going to help the consumer uh, look on things? Is like you mentioned, super important these days. Um, also having that uh, authenticity and transparency because like you mentioned, customers are more aware of, um, and it's much harder to break through. Uh, but, but from your perspective, um, what's the difference between marketing and sales? I know marketing is a little bit more, um, storytelling and uh, sales is maybe a little bit more transactional, but uh, I'm curious to, from your perspective, Seth, what's, how, how do you see the, how do you see the two? Yeah, it's an interesting question, right? Because you know a lot of the
0: companies, a lot of the brands that I work with, um, yeah, you know, they they don't really have a sales team, right? If you're, um, you know, if you're, you're a direct consumer brand, um, you know, marketing gets you into the door, and marketing owns revenue, right? Um, you, you know, the, at the at the end of the day, um, you know, most consumer this, the whole beauty of the internet is is yourself. Uh, you, it's essentially self checkout, right? You're. Uh, you don't ever have to talk to anybody. And, and that's why, <laughs> that's why most of us prefer to do uh, all of our business online where possible. Um, you know, but, but, you know, a lot of the companies I, I work with, um, you know, if, if you're selling a complicated product, um, th- then you still need a sales team, even if it's a direct to consumer business. Right. Um, you know, I, I did a lot of work with bungalow. Uh, it's not in the healthcare space. Uh, it's a large co-living company. Um, and, uh, You know, we're, we're, uh, as you might imagine, um, you know, figuring out which uh, co living house you want to live in, um, you know, requires a lot of hand holding, a lot of discussions, um, you know, with somebody who's got a sales job. Uh, You know, so marketing in that case is, you know, driving in the leads, let's say, and and sales is closing them. so clearly there's, there's a gray area. Um, right. And, and, and even in, in, at Bungalow, there, are, there are plenty of people who, um, you know, never talk to a salesperson and, um, you know, sign a lease. Um, but, uh, yeah, that would be the classic sort of line in the, in the sand, you know, driving the lead versus closing the lead.
1: Yeah. I like that. Driving the leads and closing the leads. Um, Stepping back, I, I'm curious, um, from, from when you first started to now, obviously you've learned many, many insights and lessons over, over your career, but if you have to boil it down to one, one thing that you wish you would have known, um, what would you say that would be? Yeah, you know, I think,
0: uh, I, I think it comes down, to, it's a little bit like what we were talking about before. I think it comes down to, um, you making sure that your product or service is truly differentiated. Um, you know, it's it's. I have certainly, um, you know, the, the first startup I joined, uh, without naming any names. Um, you know, we fundamentally had a a service that, on its best day, was no better than anybody else's. Um, of course, on our, our worst day, it was it was it was sadly worse. Um, and it's pretty hard to market your way out of that box, right? Um, you know, maybe we uh, you know did a better job uh, you know efficiently driving traffic, um, but at the end of the day, if your NPS score, if your net promoter score is really low, right? If your if your service is is not good, um, you're not going to retain customers uh, no matter how good your emails are. Um, so uh, you, you know I think for me, uh, you know this was a more of a career learning perhaps. Of marketing learning was, um, you know, if you don't believe in the product, if you don't think the product is truly better or, or different, um, uh, you know, you probably shouldn't be working there. Um, you know, part of it's around passion, but part of it is you know, if your gut tells you this thing isn't any good, um, you know, marketing is going to be caught holding the bag, uh, when it's unsuccessful, not product, unfortunately. Um, so, you know, that, that, that I think is a key learning, but, um, but, but I think that, you know, the, the broader, point is around um how important uh how important nps is right um you know how, how important your customer satisfaction is and um you know if you could turn that around um you know you can really turn around um y- 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 you can really turn around a brand it's hard to do um you know it's a lot of the work that i did you know again back at 100 flowers was um you know we sort of uh uh, started measuring NPS, found some things that were uh, surprising to everybody about what, you know, well, well, if we have to satisfy customers, why is that? Um, and, and by making those changes, um, you know, five years later,
1: uh, in a company that was even more dominant than it was before. Well, yeah, that's, that's a great point. I think having a great product and service, actually one, one quote that I always, I always find funny. I forget who said it, but, uh, if you have a crap product, any type of marketing is just going to make people more aware that's a crap product. So you have to have uh, your product on point um, if you're going to advertise it and put it out there. But um, one question I didn't want to ask you, Seth, uh, you could say it's maybe a little bit more trickier question, but uh, what's one question that you never get asked that you wish you would be asked? Yeah. Hmm.
0: Um, Yeah. You know, I, I think people, and I touched on this a little bit before, um, you know, one question that, that I don't get asked enough is, well, how should we be thinking about multi-channel attribution? Um, you know, I I think, you know, especially in an early stage startup, uh, where, you know, you're only doing a handful of things. Um, you know, people have this misconception that, um, well, we'll just, you know, we're just going to use the last click attribution, uh, for now, Right, and we're going to get the numbers from Google on, on how Google's doing. We're going to get the numbers from Facebook on how Facebook and Instagram is doing. Um, and you know, I think even even uh, a, a company about to launch with zero revenue um, needs to put some thought into how these multiple channels are working together and, and how we're going to measure that. Um, you know, when when you get a, a, a you'd be surprised at uh, you know how good. <laughs> <laughs> for example, Facebook is taking credit for uh, you know, every, every visit. Um, you know, I remember uh, you know, working at a startup and we had a fairly narrow audience. Right At, the, at that time, we had just launched in, in New York and LA and San Francisco. Um, and all of those users were on, on either Facebook or Instagram or both. And uh, you know, we did a retargeting campaign and you know, Facebook managed to take credit for um, 100% of our conversions um right and and that's not an uncommon story so i think um you know, even if your marketing budget is um you know in the tens of thousands of dollars you need to be intelligently thinking about um you know, how are all these 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 different tactics that I'm, uh are working on fitting together there's really nothing worse than i could go on about attribution for days there's really nothing worse
1: than a last click attribution model right yeah no absolutely <laughs> it's funny how facebook takes uh, credit for stuff like that um but uh i only have a couple more questions here for you for yourself um like i mentioned there's lots of marketers and even uh, entrepreneurs and business owners listening uh, but i'm curious what, what where, where can they find the best resources or maybe what are some of the resources that's helped you uh, become successful in your um careers yeah that's a great that's a great question i've been i've been thinking about that a little bit
0: um, you know, I, 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 think the classic, uh, the classic answer would be kind of, you know, what books, uh, you, you know, have, have you read recently? And, and, and truthfully, you know, <laughs> I don't read a lot of business books. Uh, you know, I, I, uh, I was, I was a history major in college and, uh, you know, reading, uh, uh reading a business book is not something I, I generally do in my, uh, in my free time. Um, you know, I've been fortunate enough from a resource perspective to have uh, worked with, um, you know, uh, brilliant folks and, and, and particularly brilliant marketers throughout my career. Um, so, you know, not everybody has the opportunity, uh, to learn, um, learn, learn from, learn from folks. Um, I think to the extent that you can put yourself in a place where you are definitively not the smartest person in the room. Um, you know, for me, that's not very hard, but, uh, you know, but, but for folks out there, you know, if, if you feel like, um, if, if you feel like you're not learning from your peers, um, you know it's probably time to find a new gig uh, because that's really, um, you know, I, I think more than any. You know, I had the opportunity to to, to go to an incredible um, school to, for for my MBA, and I and I you know took all the courses and you know had brilliant professors, but I think I, I certainly learned more from my peers whether it was a monitor, um, you know, at any of the startups that I worked at, uh, even folks who are marketers, right. Uh, uh y- you know, they
1: taught me about marketing. Um, so. Yeah, well, that's, uh, um, I think surrounding yourself with, uh, good people and, uh, peers, like you mentioned is a valuable resource. Um, what's, what's, what are you proud of Seth that we, maybe we haven't touched on on the podcast that you'd like to share? You know, I th- I think what I'm what I'm proudest
0: of. You know, I looked at the, all the companies I've been uh, uh, have the opportunity to be a part of. Um, you know, and, and really what I mostly do right now is work with founders, um, and you know most founders uh, don't have a, a marketing background, um, right? That that's just the nature of the beast. Uh, and so, you know, I th- I think what I'm most proud of is if I look at a company that, you know, maybe I haven't worked with in a couple of years. Um, you know, I go to the website and, uh, and, and I see, uh, you know, that they've, they've taken the messaging that we developed together, but but they've evolved it. Um, you know, and, and then I can see that there's this continuous learning process of, uh, you know, our consumers evolving, we're evolving too. Right. Um, so, so I, so I think the, you know, if, if I'm doing my job, um you know hopefully we're we're launching some uh, launching some cool stuff and driving some customers but but more importantly um you know that that there's this customer centric learning um that gets uh you know embedded in the dna of a company um so that's that's really what i'm most proud of when when,
1: uh, when that happens awesome well where can our, where can our listeners connect with you online so I, I will say that, uh, that the, probably
0: LinkedIn is the, uh, is, is the spot. Uh, you know, I think for, for me, Twitter has become, uh, you know, more of a doom scroll place, uh, that I'm <laughs> try hard not to spend much time there. Uh, perhaps that will change after November. We'll see. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, find me, uh, find me on LinkedIn.
1: Awesome. Well, it has been a pleasure to speak with you, Seth. I'm I'm sure the listeners had a great uh, time listening to you as well. Um, I usually like to end the podcast with, obviously, it's a branding and marketing podcast. So um, my last question is generally, what's one word or phrase to describe the guest brand? So my last question to you, Seth, is what's one word or phrase that you would use to describe Seth Lasser's brand? I would say integrative. Um,
0: Yeah. I really try to be an integrative thinker, um, you know. A, a, as I've said a couple of times, you know, for me in the marketing world, it all starts with consumer insight, and you know, extends from there. And you know, you, you know, a great marketer needs to be able to, um, you know, think up and down the funnel. You need to think across all of your marketing channels. You need to think across the business, um, and 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 you are the owner of, um, you know, how um, you know, how, how, how the brand, how the company, um, is delivered, uh, in a way to consumers or to their minds. Right. Um, now you, you probably don't, um, you know, have, uh, uh, you know, you're probably not directly in control. Uh, you probably don't manage customer service. You probably don't manage sales. Uh, you're, you're an important voice in, uh, what copy is on the website. So, but, uh, but you're responsible for it all. Um, so, uh, you know, I try to be an integrative thinker, and I think, um, you know, that that's what's needed today uh, for marketers working across the function um, is to make sure, uh, y- you know, that that is uh, is showing up across every customer touch point. this episode of the CMO and Joe podcast has ended, but be sure to subscribe for more business strategies and tactics to help you create the profitable and successful business you've always dreamed of. And don't forget to rate and review so we can continue to bring you the best content. See you on the next episode.